Good day to you all. My name is Cash Armstrong, and you are listening to Our Little World. Today's episode is New Zealand 101, the first episode of Our Little World. I am recording from the St. Kilda Botanical Gardens in Melbourne, Australia. So if you hear any birds during this episode, if you hear any trucks, if you hear any planes, that is why. Just adding a little bit more culture and excitement to the show. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to you today. So I'm not going to chatter too much longer, and we are just going to start the show. Let's do it. So the first question you might ask yourself about New Zealand is, where is it? Uh, The simple answer is that it is in the southwestern Pacific Ocean. To give you a little bit of context to that answer, just look for Australia on a map and go east. Very easy. Uh, The landmass itself is an archipelago. Uh, There are two major islands, and then there are roughly 700 outlying islands. Uh, This is due entirely to the volcanic nature of New Zealand's arrival out of the sea which I will definitely be touching on in our next episode, New Zealand History Part 1. The capital city of New Zealand is Wellington. Wellington is located at the bottom of the North Island of the country and actually has the unique distinction of being the southernmost capital city in the world. So for the next trivia session that you go to, you got that answer. Uh, To give you an idea of how large New Zealand is, you might not know, if you were to take the land mass of New Zealand and scrunch it into the same place somewhere else, it'd be about the size of Colorado by landmass for my American listeners, or if you're from the UK, it's actually about the size of the United Kingdom. So it's a reasonably large but not super large country. Within New Zealand, there are two major languages. The first one is English. It was actually a British colony for many, many years and still has some significant ties to its English heritage. Uh, And the other one that you might not know about is the language of the original inhabitants of the island, and that's Maori Polynesian. Uh, If you are not familiar with Maori Polynesian, it is just a subset of the Polynesian language, which is actually spoken in many other places in the world, specifically in the Pacific Ocean. So places like Hawaii and Tahiti and Tonga and Samoa speak some form of Polynesian, which is actually quite similar to Maori Polynesian. The climate of New Zealand is really temperate. Uh, This has a lot to do with the surrounding oceans of New Zealand. Uh, So during the summers, you don't really see it getting too hot. You know, you rarely see highs going above 30 degrees Celsius, which is about 86 degrees Fahrenheit. And you rarely see it getting colder than 6 degrees Celsius or 42 degrees Fahrenheit. The only real exception to this rule is if you go really, you know, as far inland as you can get and maybe you get on top of a mountain, in which case, you know, you'll start seeing snow and much colder temperatures. The population of New Zealand is about 4.5 million people as of the 2017 census. Uh, And to give you some comparison, the population of Massachusetts, where I'm from, has 6.5 million people. So, 
New Zealand is pretty sparsely populated in general. You know, if you were to take every person in New Zealand and put them into a city, the LA metropolitan area would still would only be 500,000 people short of the New Zealand population. Uh, you may think of this as perhaps a bad thing. I think it's great. New Zealand is so nice just because you don't really have to deal with people that often. If you don't like people like me, move to New Zealand. You can buy a farm in the middle of nowhere and just <laughs> ignore everyone forever. Um, along these lines, the population distribution of New Zealand is actually quite interesting. 75% of New Zealanders, or Kiwis as they're also known, live on the North Island of, Aust of New Zealand. Uh, within that, 33% of the population just lives in the Auckland metropolitan area, which is definitely the economic hub of New Zealand. Otherwise, there are only about a million people on the South Island, which is actually the biggest of the two islands. And for this reason, it's mostly just an agricultural heartland of New Zealand. You see lots of sheep and cows and everything like that that you know of New Zealand. It's kind of the... When you think of New Zealand, you think of the South Island, is what I'll say. The population of New Zealand from an ethnic perspective is white, really. They're just really, really white. Three quarters of the population is of European descent. Uh, the next ethnic group coming after that is Maori people. They make up about 15%. And they actually hold the unique distinction of being one of the only indigenous populations in the world to actually be growing. So I think that's awesome. If you're lucky enough to meet a Maori person when you're in New Zealand, definitely enjoy every minute of it. They are some of the loveliest people you will come across, and they love to share their culture with you. They're very proud of their Maori heritage. It's really something to behold. And then the rest of the population is made up more or less of Asian and Pacific peoples. So there's a good amount of immigrants from islands like Fiji and Tonga and Samoa and then you are seeing a higher influx of immigrants from places like China, Japan, and Korea these days. Uh, Religion-wise, the population of New Zealand most definitely is culturally Christian. The best example of this is one of their major cities called Christchurch, which is just, as you'd expect, littered with churches. Um, However, since the first settlers arrived in New Zealand, the country has become less religious over time. As of today, slightly less than half of the country uh, associated as being Christian in the most recent survey, whereas 40% registered as just non-religious, which is kind of surprising. I mean, as an American growing up in a somewhat Protestant household, I always kind of just said, oh yeah, I'm Protestant. but. Uh, yeah, 40% of people are like not religious enough to even consider themselves to be Christian or Muslim or you know any religion whatsoever. So that's a really interesting fact. 
Uh, and then, you know, the rest of that, about 10% of the population actually just didn't even respond to the survey. So we don't know. They might be Muslim. They might be Sikh. They might be Jewish. They might have made up some strange religion and be praying to a donkey. But only one way to find out, and that's to go to New Zealand. Uh, with that, we're just going to quickly take a break, quick commercial break. After this commercial break, we'll be coming back to the country of New Zealand and discussing their government and economics. So definitely stick around and we will chat with you after the break. Cheers. Surprise! I don't have any sponsors. Haha. -ha. <laughs> uh, as a result, I wanted to take a moment to say thank you to one of my favorite podcasts, Planet Money. If you haven't listened to Planet Money, definitely give it a listen. It is a show that tells short stories about the economy in a really fun, entertaining way that is so captivating that I haven't missed a single episode in two years. I just want to say thank you to the team at Planet Money for all of your hard work. This show is definitely inspired by you. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. So what do you know about the New Zealand government? I'd be willing to guess not a lot, especially if you're an American. I was actually really surprised when I learned more about the New Zealand government. It's actually really interesting. So the New Zealand government is a constitutional monarchy, and it's been this way since 1852. Essentially what this means is that New Zealand recognizes Queen Elizabeth as the ceremonial head of state, but uh, because of recent developments, is no longer part of the... British Empire, the United Kingdom, uh, and there aren't actually any official ties with the United Kingdom. Yes, they recognize Queen Elizabeth as their ceremonial head of state, but they are no longer really part of the United Kingdom in any meaningful or political way. Overall, New Zealand, I would say, is a progressive left-leaning country. Uh, what exemplifies this best is that they have universal health care, they have social security, they have a 40-hour work week, they have a shockingly high minimum wage of $16.50 New Zealand dollars an hour, which is about $11.30 if you were an American per hour, or £8.49 in Great British Pounds. The country legalized gay marriage in 2013, and they went totally nuclear-free in 1987. Uh, there's actually a really interesting story behind this. Essentially, um, there was a Greenpeace boat in the Auckland Harbor heading out to the Pacific to protest a French nuclear test, and it was sunk. And it came out later that there were some French secret agents in the country that sunk this boat to prevent them from protesting the nuclear test, which led to a major international incident and turned public opinion against, you know, nuclear proliferation so much that they decided to ban the use of nuclear materials in New Zealand in 1987. So that's really interesting. Uh, furthermore, one final thing, they are making it easier to get medicinal marijuana in New Zealand. As of December 2018, you can get it pretty easily. And they are actually holding a referendum on the use of recreational marijuana in 2020. So that is exciting. 
who knows what the result will bring? Kind of surprising that it's not legal in New Zealand already, considering how green and beautiful the country is. But only time will tell. Politically, there are two major parties in New Zealand. Uh, the f- two biggest parties in New Zealand controlled over 80% of the vote in the most recent election. So uh, it's not a two-party system, but it's pretty darn close. Uh, and these two guys really are the big contenders anytime there is an election. So the first one I'll mention is the National Party. Quoting their Wikipedia page, the National Party supports a limited welfare state, but says that work, merit, innovation, and personal initiative must be encouraged to reduce unemployment and boost economic growth. If you had to compare this to any American political party, you'd probably place them in the camp of the Republicans, but don't be fooled. These guys are way more to the center than the average Republican, uh, and you know they support things like universal health care and you know, a decent minimum wage and things like that. The other major party in New Zealand is the Labour Party. If you had to compare them to any American political party, you'd have to compare them to the Democrats. But these guys are even further left than Democrats. Uh, So think of that when you consider these guys. Quoting their Wikipedia page, the Labour Party aims to use the power of the state to try to achieve a fairer and more equal society based on a mixed economy in which both the state and private enterprise play a part. End quote. Labor has been and is still a strong proponent of gay, Maori, and women's rights. So these guys are basically the social justice warriors of New Zealand, and they are constantly pushing to do some pretty interesting things in New Zealand, like, you know, raise the minimum wage and help women get maternity leave and things like that. So they're pretty awesome. The other parties in New Zealand are quite small. None of them got more than 9% of the vote in the most recent election. But the first one I'll mention is NZ First because they got the highest percentage of this group. Uh, And they would be described as economic centrists. Uh, And their agenda is nationalist and quite populist. Uh, Their party leader is in many ways actually similar to Donald Trump. You know, he doesn't really have a filter. So he tends to say things that make a lot of people really angry, which is, you know, just how politics seems to be going these days. The next party I'll mention is the Green Party. These guys are economic leftists, for sure. Uh, And their biggest thing is that they just support, you know, environmentalist policies that will help preserve the natural beauty of New Zealand and, you know, keep its ecology healthy. The last party I'll mention is the ACT Party, and these guys are really small. Uh, Their party leader is the only person with a seat in the House, and they support neoliberal free market reforms, and that's pretty much their entire platform, not really advocating for too much. And you'd probably say that these guys align mostly with the National Party, so no surprises there. The current Prime Minister of New Zealand is Jacinda Ardern. Uh, And she has come to power by forming a coalition between the New Zealand Labour Party, the New Zealand First Party, and the New Zealand Green Party. So this is a big coalition, and it's actually quite interesting, uh, considering that, you know, 
you can pretty easily see the Labour Party combining with the Green Party. But it is a bit surprising to see that the New Zealand first or the New Zealand First Party and the Labour Party would combine, considering that I mentioned that the New Zealand First Party espouses many principles similar to Donald Trump. But you have to understand that Donald Trump's stances on labor and free trade are actually very similar to many of the stances that many socialists hold. So uh, he's an interesting person just because he has broken a lot of he has broken away from a lot of traditional Republican stances. And, you know, his um, espoused views don't really match up with traditional Republican beliefs. The current Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, was described by Vogue magazine, and I'm quoting here, as a blend of Bernie Sanders' bluntness and Elizabeth Warren's fearlessness. This is so interesting to me. Uh, It basically just puts her in the camp of being one of the most liberal, progressive, left-leaning politicians in the world right now. And it's pretty impressive that she's in power. It kind of speaks to the political climate of New Zealand right now. So she took power on August 1st of 2017, and she holds a few unique distinctions. Uh, The first one I'll mention is that she gave birth in office on June 21st of 2018, which is actually my birthday. Just throwing that out there. And she's actually one of only two world leaders to do so. Uh, The other one being the Prime Minister of Pakistan back in the 90s. What makes this childbirth even more interesting is that she's not actually married so she is the one of the most liberal left progressive uh world leaders right now she just gave birth in office and she's not married it is worth mentioning that she does have a long-term partner the the father of the child has been her partner for about 10 years so it's not like you know she's a single mother by any means but she's just really interesting that way you know she's defying a lot of modern stereotypes and modern expectations and just doing things her way which i find really interesting before i go a little bit further i just want to discuss some of the issues that she is you know fighting for the first one i'll mention is that she believes in strong social protections against the extremes of capitalism she is calling currently for a lower rate of immigration to new zealand and she calls it an infrastructure issue just saying you know we don't have the infrastructure to take in more people. However, along that same line of thought, she does support a higher intake of refugees from war-torn places like Syria and you know Yemen and places like that. She is pro-same-sex marriage, which at this point is kind of an old issue in New Zealand, but still good to know. She is pro-choice, which is a big deal in New Zealand considering that abortion isn't currently legal in the country except in extreme circumstances. So uh, I haven't really seen too many things that I've... too many um, articles or anything like that that have talked about how she's shaping the debate around abortion, but that is something that is worth noting. She believes in the decriminalization of cannabis. That's part of the reason why they are having a referendum on marijuana in 2020. And she's really big on tackling climate change. Uh, The most recent example of her push to tackle this issue is that New Zealand just banned the use of single-use plastic bags. So if you go to a grocery store in New Zealand, 
better bring your own bag or you are walking out with a handful of food <laughs> which you know i think is amazing i think it's about time that we transitioned away from single-use plastic bags they are one of the worst polluters and one of the hardest things to recycle out there so it's good to not use them if we can the next topic that we're talking about is the economy i bet you're very excited to hear about the economy i am absolutely love it i think it's so fascinating and i think it says a lot about you know just general quality of life in a country so before i do anything i am going to quickly read a quote from the cia world Factbook. this amazing source if you've never seen it before that pretty much provided all the information that i provided in the first 10 minutes of the episode it is an amazing database of information about different countries in the world so if you are a curious person like me and you need more information about anything go to the CIA World Factbook. But anyway, I quote, Over the past 40 years, the government has transformed New Zealand from an agrarian economy dependent on concessionary British market access to a more industrialized free market economy that can compete globally. This dynamic growth has boosted real incomes but left some behind at the bottom of the ladder. It has also broadened and deepened the technological capabilities of the industrial sector. So that should give you a really good idea of the history of New Zealand's economy in the last 40 years. And now I'm just going to start chatting about what it looks like today. So per capita, the GDP of New Zealand in 2017 was roughly 38,500 US dollars, or if you're great, if you're a British listener, about 28,000 Great British Pounds. If you were to compare that to some other countries that have similar economies, it's actually not crazy high, but it's it fits right up there with um, some of the more developed countries in the world. So the USA has a per capita income of $57,000, which is almost $20,000 per year, more per year than the average New Zealander. And the UK has a per capita income of about $40,000 US dollars. So kind of right on the same line, um, which just shows that New Zealand is right up there with the big boys, you know, providing a good standard of life for its citizens. The service sector in New Zealand accounts for about 70% of the New Zealand economy, which is pretty high, but pretty standard for a post-industrial economy. What's really interesting to me about New Zealand is that tourism makes up 10% of the country's GDP, which is really, really high. I mean, if you were to try to find another country in the world where tourism makes up even close to 10% of their GDP, you'd be really hard-pressed. The only country I can think of possibly would be like Thailand or Costa Rica or something like that, where the population is relatively small and they just receive a ton of tourists every year. Um, so to give you an idea of what this figure accounts for, um, if you were to go to New Zealand and spend money on bungee jumping or to buy, rent a van to drive around, or you went to a grocery store and you bought food, or you went to a restaurant and you paid for a meal, or you had to stay in a hotel or a hostel or a campground, that would all contribute toward the 10% figure that I mentioned earlier. So really... 
you know, impressive, but I would also say not that surprising. If you go to New Zealand, there are a ton of people visiting that country every year. It is a major tourism hub. It is so beautiful. Uh, no doubt, if you haven't been, you should go. There's no reason not to, aside from, you know, financial restrictions. It is a beautiful country to visit. Uh, and this, you know, GDP percent of percentage is just a reflection of that. The next part of the New Zealand economy that is significant is industry. Industry makes up about 26% of New Zealand's economy, which is pretty high considering I haven't seen that much industry in my time in New Zealand while I was there. But uh, it's probably all focused around the Auckland area, which I didn't spend too much time in. The last part of the New Zealand economy that is of significant importance is the agricultural or primary sector, which actually only makes up about 4% of New Zealand's economy. This particular figure was pretty shocking to me when I saw it for the first time. When I think of New Zealand, I think of a land of sheep. There are approximately 60 million sheep living in New Zealand. Almost 15 sheep per person. And there are about 8 to 9 million cows in New Zealand, which is almost a 2 to 1 ratio. So there are a lot of animals producing agricultural goods that would be going out of the country for exports. The fact that this is this sector only makes up about 4% of New Zealand's economy was actually very surprising to me, but I am not one to dispute the CIA World Factbook's way of measuring GDP because they are much smarter than I am. So I'll just leave it at that and let you explore that conundrum on your own. The last thing I want to discuss about New Zealand's economy is this really interesting t statistic that they just keep crushing every year. Uh, basically, they are number one in the world for ease of doing business. And this was uh, after a survey that came out by the World Bank in 2018. So I'm just going to read a quote from the official New Zealand government website with regards to this amazing statistic. And I quote, New Zealand ranks first in half of 10 different indicators that affect the life of a business, including starting a business, dealing with construction permits, registering property, getting credit, and protecting minority investors. Um, this particular fact just blows my mind. Uh, it really is a reflection of country, the country's swing from being you know, a country with protectionist policies aimed at protecting the little guy to swinging all the way to the other end of the spectrum and becoming a neoliberal free market economy. Um, New Zealand has made a lot of efforts to make it easy to open a business, start a business, maintain a business in New Zealand. And this particular fact is just one statistic that reflects that push. Uh, and I think that's honestly amazing. Uh, good for you, New Zealand. This is like a really big deal to be the number one country in the world for ease of doing business, especially considering how far New Zealand is from everywhere. I guess you have to incentivize coming to New Zealand to do business in some ways. Uh, with that, guys, that is all for today. Next week, make sure to tune in for the first episode of our New Zealand history episodes. There will be two episodes for that. Um, with that, I'm going to wrap up the show. But before I do, I just want to give a huge thank you shout out to everyone that came together to help make this one episode possible so 
First, I want to mention my director of digital media, Laura Jackson. She has been amazing. She's been running the social media accounts for the past month and a half and will hopefully continue to do so. I also want to give a huge thank you to my director of content development, Alexander Brindley. He has been a huge help uh, with the res- doing the research and fact-checking the information that I have read to you today. And then I also want to give a huge shout-out to my two history teachers from high school, Mr. Lyons and Miss Millett, for your guidance, your belief in me, and your help in editing this episode. But uh, beyond that, I also want to give a huge shout-out of thanks to my family and friends for all their support. And I will see you guys next week. If you haven't already, please, please, please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. We are on, we are on all of those. Okay? Share this episode with all your friends. Give them a high five. Give someone a hug today. I don't know. Just be nice to people. Because it's always a good thing to do. But I'm going to let you go. Goodbye, guys. Peace.